Welcome to Your Move Creep, the podcast celebrating action cinema from 1980 to the year 2000, from the east to the west, from the worst to the best. My name is Larry Reed, and I thank you again for joining me to talk about some more action movie nonsense. This week on the show, I am joined by my buddy Will Chich. Will is a friend of the show and an occasional podcaster himself, so it's very fun to get him on to chat about the Sean Aston and Will Wheaton action banger, Toy Soldiers from 1991. We delved into a little bit about Will's love of action movies, as well as we paid a visit to the Trivia Zone, as usual, and the Big Five. So without further ado, let's get into it, creeps. Hello, Will. Thanks for coming on the show. How are you doing today? Pretty good, mate. I had a quite busy week, because I, I don't know if you know, but I'm a chef, and we've launched a new menu this week. Oh, nice. It's been uh, hectic, but yeah, it's been hot, yeah. That's good, that's good, yeah. Um, I enjoy seeing your posts about your food. Uh, I think you yeah. made a buffalo chicken thing today and I was quite quite envious of, of anyone eating that, I think. <laughs> yeah, that was, off the, that was off the new menu, the buffalo chicken wrap, so we're doing those today. So, yeah, but yeah, it's been a busy week. <laughs> that's good, so I'm glad that you could get the time to come on. Um, so as we start with uh, every show, can you tell me a little bit about your experiences with action movies and uh, kind of growing up? Yeah, I mean, I'm 42, so I was the VHS. It was all VHS from the Penco. Mm. We had a video library called Penkoid Video Library, which was the village <laughs> video library. So I would get a lot of films from it, probably too young to have seen most of them. But I was mm. around the right age for, like, the big hitters, Schwarzenegger, yeah. Stallone, Van Damme, that kind of thing. So that was my introduction to grown-up action films. So, yeah, but... Also, some absolute, you know, bargain basement stuff as well, because we yeah. just, whatever the cover, <laughs> if the cover looked cool, we'd watch it. Yeah, so we're sort of a similar age. I'm 41, uh, nearly 42, in fact, in January. So we've kind of come, sort of, I suppose we're kind of cut from the same sort of cloth in terms of your weekly sort of Friday, Saturday, going down to the video store and renting, you know, what you could get, or your mum and dad renting for something was maybe a bit more higher on the shelf than you would be able to get. So, yeah, yeah um, I was... Um, did you have sort of quite uh, lax parents when it comes to those kind of those movies you're kind of allowed to watch, sort of action movies, kind of violent movies? Yeah. So, the, yeah, so we're more relaxed with the action movies. And then later on, because I, mm. I, I do like my horror, and that's when mm. we got, in, got into the horror was when the video shop were a bit more lenient and let us rent mm. stuff. But, yeah, yeah, my parents were quite... Relax when it came like my first my first VHS I remember owning was um, uh, Indiana Jones, oh, the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. So that was probably my first introduction to like it, it, it is an action film. Yes, yeah, well, definitely. Like, yeah, sure, sure. Back, yeah, 
So that would be my first introduction, those kinds of films and Goonies and stuff. But then mm. when old enough to go to the video shop, then it was your big man, your planned Hollywood guys. Oh yeah, yeah, the big, the big five, basically. Yeah, yeah. So the guys that were yeah, yeah. ruling the ti- ruling the eighties and nineties, you know, Arnie and Stallone, of course. But mm-hmm. so, do you have a do you have sort of memories of you know, kind of your first sort of action movie you got to see? Or are you allowed to see even? Yeah, I vaguely. So I, Time Cop is one that sticks out mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, ve- okay. I I remember Time Cop, and I remember um, I, I I'm sure we rented it possibly for birthday or something along those lines but i remember watching time cop and that's one that sticks out and van damme mm-hmm. so time cop is one. obviously i did watch more but yeah time cop is the one that really sticks out and i remember it must have been like an occasion to sit and mm. watch time cop and thinking it was the best thing i've ever seen it is i mean it's so one of my now. yeah well i mean it's, it's still kind of ranks there it's, it's a very very i need to re- revisit that because it's been a while since i've actually watched mm. time cop if all the Van Dams, I don't tend to go for that one here of the bat. It's more the kickboxer, more your blood sport, more sudden death, mm-hmm. you know, like I think we're gonna I'll be covering yeah, that yeah. on the podcast quite soon. But those are sort of the ones. But Time Pop, again, it's a really, really good film. It's got a really memorable bad guy in it. Um a really memorable bad yeah. guy death as well. So probably one of the weirder sort of like mind melting sort of um yeah. into the movies. But yeah, I think I think that's sort of like a it's all right of passage when we were younger. I think it's the getting to rent something because it's your birthday, like oh, it's a special occasion. I'll get you to you're allowed to pick one movie that you maybe not allowed to watch. Um, so the kind of time cop was probably one for you, and maybe a little bit later on, kind of horror movies a little bit more as well. Like that became sort of a big thing in your house. Yeah, I mean, because my parents it might listen to this, my parents were quite naive when it came to horror films and things. Mm. So I was just like, ah, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. So I used to rent. Yeah. <laughs> and as I got older, when I was like 14, 15, I knew someone who worked in the video shop. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. just let me rent whatever. So, yeah, that's when I got into horror. Same, mind you, same with action films. There's a lot of action films I definitely shouldn't have been renting because on mm. a drop minute, but <laughs> statute of limitations were fine. Um, but renting, yeah, renting stuff out, I definitely shouldn't have been renting. But and then yeah. the boys were coming round and watching it. Mm, yes, mm. birthday parties, having something was a little bit older. Was a yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's quite a big thing. And obviously I won't go into specifics of some older ones when I get you know, get a little bit older, but mm. some of the stuff that my mum was letting me away with was, was bananas. But <laughs> my yeah. mum was quite lax. Mum was a big horror fan and still is to this day. So um when when it comes to Christmas, I don't buy mum flowers or chocolates or bath bombs it's like it's like chuggy from chelsea play blu-ray box sets or mm-hmm. pillows or like knives or <laughs> or it's sort of halloween goodies kind of basically so she it's quite cool that way my dad just doesn't have an interest in that at all but um yeah, yeah but that's really interesting i mean i see it's i think i see what, you, what the age we are i think you, that's sort of a a very big thing a kind of tentpole thing that we happen to all sound between everybody Everybody I've sort of kind of spoken to sort of in the late 30s to like maybe the 40s or I've kind of talked about action movies not just on the podcast but on certainly on um, other places I suppose but they've always kind of said that was the sort of rite of passage that's the thing you did on the Friday and Saturday was like your takeaway and you got to have like your, your pick of the movie your mum and dad got their own movie you got your own movie and sometimes those sort of things would cross over a little bit into something the family could watch or maybe something that you snuck in to see or 
or it was still rented and you were like, right, I'm going to take this up to my VHS player where I'm, I will watch my Hair Bears movie and I yeah. watch this. Or I watch Robocop, you know, or take it out to yeah, your pals and like it would be like, it's that sort of thing. But I think it's quite quite fun and I think it's always a good kind of nostalgic feeling. I think it's a very interesting part of our childhood. So I'm going to kind of my next question. So when you think of action movies and sort of the dictionary de- definition, if you were to look in dictionary, dictionary and see maybe a character or a film or an action star, who do you think sort of exemplifies action movies or you? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the answer is always going to be Schwarzenegger mm. because I, I remember him being... But there's... Like Wesley Snipes, Passenger oh, yeah. Fifty Seven. Yes. So it was those. There was there was a few, and as you know, around the time. Like so, when I was renting films, say I would rented Time Cop. Mm-hmm. You'd anticipate then because the trailers for the films and people won't remember, but it was like six months before they came out. Sometimes twelve <laughs> months on video. Yes, yeah. But yeah. you're like, oh my god, that looks amazing! Like. Terminal velocity looks incredible. <laughs> but, oh my god! Yes, know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But they, you, I remember seeing these trailers. Oh my! So yeah, the, I, so yeah. Schwarzenegger, obviously, it's Stallone, and then, Bruce Willis, not so much actually. I think Bruce mm. Willis came as I got older because I think yeah. He, I don't think he made more not trashier stuff, but later on, where there was mm. like um, there was a slew of like. Van Damme, uh, Dolph Lundgren films. Di- I yeah. don't. Bruce Willis was Die Hard, now, which was a bit older, but so for me it was probably yeah. Van Damme, Wesley Snipes, Dolph Lundgren, mm, Chuck mm, Norris occasionally, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think Bruce Willis is a bit more serious at that time. Maybe, maybe mm. obviously with Die Hard, obviously they're very, very cheesy and a very, and maybe they went on way on a bit longer than they should have really. Um, but it's taking a Bruce's chagrin, I suppose, but. I think he was more in the sort of the 90s and sort of in the later 90s, he was more known for kind of thrillers or, you know, he had this kind of big sort of big action movies with Die Hard and obviously he had like, you know, um, Last Boy Scout, which is probably one of my favourites. I think yeah. it's, it's, it stands up such an amazing film and I'm also get to talk about that in the future. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think he was more, he didn't really do the cheesy stuff. Yeah, there was something a bit more prestige about like, Bruce Willis films. It was a more yeah. of a, like you say, maybe he was the classier action star because it, mm. it was one like, he wasn't until he, and then he started doing like striking distance and stuff. Yes, and yes, he got yes, into yes, that. Yes. But like <laughs> at that point, there was still like, um, so Van Damme was like Universal Soldier, like again, Time Cop, and all those films were coming out. Drop Zone with Wesley. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. The big summer was, of skydiving movies. <laughs> yeah, Terminal Velocity. Drop zone. Like there was another one that I can't remember, but yeah, they always came in things. And like I should have, I can't believe I forgot. One of the big action films for me, Cliffhanger. Oh yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, because and also I remember having the boys around because I had acquired (laughs) again a copy of it while I was still in the cinema, which was a big thing then. Like Mm. this was before. Oh yes, yes, yes. This was pre-internet. If someone had a VHS <laughs> with a photocopied cover of Cliffhanger, you're like, oh, my God. But I remember yeah. we all sat down to watch it, and about, oh, it must have been about 
five minutes in with a big, you know, the big opening with that. Someone got up past the camera and walked mm. without a wonder. You saw someone's head bobbing about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. forget the, the VHS copy, yeah, cliffhanger. I remember having the, uh, the dodgy copy of that. Yeah, I think Bro, that's something, was, that's something that's been forgotten about is a, is a person getting mm. up. We've kind of, we're sort of, in the days of piracy nowadays, where we're, when we're sailing the seven seas, we don't get to experience that really anymore. Not that experience, not that we experience that at all. We're very, very model citizens when it comes, no, to, it comes to movies. We, oh. we buy our stuff. Physical media always, in the cinema oh, always. The of course, of course, yeah. we're, we're, you know, we are very, very much paragons of virtue. But in the days when, if you could watch those things, um, they would be very like, people would be talking, laughing, coughing oh. exponentially a lot of times, but we don't really get that now. We're, it's, we're sort of treated really fairly. We get to see test screeners before they come out and, yeah. you know, the advantage of things. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've got, yeah. or, you know, you get some sort of gambling thing across the top and it's like, um, <laughs> or it's in Russian or like, or Thai or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> but I also think it gets forgotten as well with the whole piracy thing. And I know the back in back in our day in the VHS, <laughs> I mean, it was a big thing because films took a long time from cinema mm. to video. It was like oh, yes. it, I think it was twelve months at one point, wasn't it? Twelve months, six, something six, like that. Yeah, months? yeah. It was like, I can wait for a long, so, long yeah, time for a film to come out. Yeah, and then another. This is why the, the Radio Times Christmas was exciting because it was another two years before it came on telly. So if you didn't <laughs> rent it, like, oh my. God, I can't believe that's on telly now. But today, these days, within six weeks, you can stream it and yeah. not even have to fast forward past the trailers. Not that it would, because they're <laughs> no, some of the best no. parts. No, but this is it. You, so people forget that about the, the getting the uh, the dodgy copies of things. It was You've seen it 12 months before everyone else. Yeah. Again, not that I condone watching piracy. Of course, of course. We, you was, and me keep to complete... Disowns anyone who does any sort of type of piracy. Every film that I've watched mm. on this podcast have been physically in my hands, get into my DVD player or Blu-ray player as is. I have never watched anything on the big rolling screen of things. The Your Move Creep podcast does not believe in piracy. It has never watched a film via the Pirate Bay 1337X. YTS, RBG, Torrents 2, Lime Torrents, Easy TV, Torrent Downloads, Zoogle, Popcorn Time, 123 Movies, or any other means that you can get illegal films. Remember, you wouldn't steal a handbag, you wouldn't steal a car, you wouldn't steal the keys to someone's house. Video piracy is a crime. But yeah, yeah, that that was a, again another big thing that when we were younger, obviously that like was very prevalent. You would you wouldn't really have to wait, and but if you were not waiting for those those movies, maybe you wouldn't get to see them in the quality they were sort of afforded now, because obviously you're getting VHS quality, and then you're going back the way in terms of bad, in terms of bad because you're getting have somebody with like an actual giant camcorder. Like filming oh, yeah, it, like were... not like most most inconspicuous things ever, like, hmm. <laughs> and literally seeing people walk past the camera and yeah. stuff to go to the toilet. It was like yeah, yeah. proper, proper cinema experience. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But the cliffhanger I remember was I can't believe I forgot about it because I think 
Yeah, that might have been for a birthday because I remember having everyone over to watch the cliffhanger film. Oh, God. Being like, just <laughs> popular for a week. That's amazing. Yes, and I think I think we've all done that sort of thing. We have our friends. I remember I had a friend called Darren and he, he had a copy of Robocop and I think we just watched it religiously every week. Like every time we would get to go into his house and it was getting dark, it was like, oh, come in, guy, come in, boys, come in, sit, sit inside for now. We're like, right, Robocop, get it on right now, Darren. Get your dad. And your dad's sort of leather-bound copy of, like, Robocop, thinking he's hidden it, and we're getting to watch it, you know, as, as kind of, like, 10-year-old yeah. kids. But And so here we are now, you know, like, you know, multiple years later, and I've got our podcast uh, celebrating that movie, so there you go. Yeah. Um, so we're going to move on to the main part of the episode now, and we're going to speak about your pick. Now, as I say to you, I say in every podcast, I have a list. Uh, the big, big, massive list of movies, and I uh, can I give it to every guest to see, go hog wild and pick what you want. Um, you picked quite a few movies, I think you picked Passion Shift After Seven, speaking mm-hmm. about that as well. But we kind of landed on your pick today, which is Toy Soldiers from 1991. Can you tell me a little bit about why you kind of gravitated towards this movie? Well, I remember it, be, it's funny because I'd spoken about it recently, it had it'd been something that I hadn't really thought about for ages, mm. but then. We were talking about it, and I remember it being on a hard rotation. In I had the VHS, and me and my brothers absolutely loving it, like <laughs> loving it. Best thing we've ever seen. What a film! Yeah. And then when I saw on the list, I was like, "Holy soldiers is an absolute <laughs> banger." And I hadn't seen it when I chose. I hadn't seen it for years when I chose <laughs> it. But in my mind, I was like, "Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. It's go. It, it's it's a banger. It's an absolute yeah." So that was it because I remember it being a. Like, a week, you know, some every so often you'd have a film which would be a weekly watch because you have yeah. a VHS, and I think Toy Soldiers was one of those from my brother. So yeah, yeah, I've, I've got good, I've got good memories of being that, and I've, I think the weird sort of we had the sort of weird coincidence when we talked about you coming on for the show, mm. and you picked Toy Soldiers because I had literally within that minutes of getting that text from you, uh, that email, I should say, I'd bought it on Blu-ray. Just found, I just found it very randomly and fought for like yeah. super cheap, and I was like, I said, like, "Well, we need to we need to watch it. We need to do it now because I've just like serendipitous. I've just bought this, so bought some Blu-ray, and well, there we go. So we're gonna go a little bit about the the film and uh, tell a little bit of stories about it. Um, so Total Soldiers from 1991 is directed by Daniel Petrie Jr. He's quite a prolific writer um, for Hollywood. He wrote all the screenplays for all the Beverly Hills Cop movies. He wrote The Amazing Turn and Hooch, which uh, my girlfriend is harrowed by now, uh, forever. Um, the one of the things she will always hate me for. Um, and also, she, he, direct, he wrote one of my favourite sleeper films, a film called Deadly Pursuit. I don't know if you know, it's a film with Tom Berenger, Sidney Poitier. It's kind of like a sort of hiking movie and like with Clancy Brown's a bad guy in it. Yeah, because I, I was having a look through the IMDb and that today. Yeah. And when I saw it, because an, that's another one, I think... I. <laughs> I'd not seen loads and kind of forgotten about it. And then I saw it, I was like, mm. oh, that barely was absolute. So I've wrote it down. I'm going to find it again because I haven't seen that for a long time, but it's great. Well, that, that's another. That's, that's one we can come, we can circle back to, well, definitely, for the future, because I would love mm. to talk about that movie. Um, this, is his, this is mostly his big hit they had directing wise, I should say. Obviously, Billy Hill movies, Bill Hill Cop movies are massive. Tony Hooch was massive, obviously. Um, we only went on to direct a few kind of like sort of straight to video films and obviously in the army now with um, 
with Polly Shore and famous everybody hates him, Andy Dick, uh, famous, you know, yeah, sexual assaulter, <laughs> Andy Dick. I think he's known for <laughs> yeah. that more than anything else yeah. these days. Um, so I'm going to go a little bit about plots. So there's a group of troublemaking teens, a uh, military school facing their last expulsion for their bad behaviour. They have to save the school and fail students from a hostage situation as Andrew Divoff from Wishmaster and his men storm the school to demand the release of a political prisoner, uh, his drug czar uh, father. Will Wheaton, Sean Aston, along with their gang of rejects, set out to take back their school uh, from these hostages and for, from the, the, these Colombian terrorists. So with that, Will, what do you think and what did you make of this rewatch of Toy Soldiers after all these years? I mean, still had fun with it. I still enjoyed it. I think it's it's a fine film. I mean, I it's slightly. I I don't think we'd have this film now. I don't think it would be made now because obviously mm. all those guns in schools and terrorists in schools. Mm. Oh yes, not, yes. You know, it's problematic. But I, as a as a yeah, I had fun with it. I really enjoyed it again. I mean, I don't think it's the best film I've ever seen. Like I probably <laughs> thought it was when I watched it the first time. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. I, I I enjoyed it. It's a still a it's still an enjoyable watch, and everyone yeah. in it is great. Of course, yeah, definitely, definitely, and, and and it's kind of it's it's sort of coming in that sort of um, get it in the nineties. You've you've seen Goonies. I'm assuming you're a, a fan of sort of a fan of the Goonies when you were young. You mentioned earlier yeah, on, yeah, of course, yeah. Kind yeah. of fan of sort of Star Trek, maybe is a, a kind of geeky person like me. You know, I know obviously well, went more as Wesley Crusher than anything. Obviously, Stand By Me, you know, that was a big film when I was a kid as well, because obviously I was, yeah. I loved those sort of things when I was growing up. But um, yeah, it's, it's sort of, I, I remember it being a lot more action packed than it is, but it still has some good action bits and it's still fun. Um, I think it's sort of that good gateway into action movies a little bit. Would you, would you agree that it's, it's sort of. Yeah, yeah. A good film for sort of for teen, kind of maybe teens and sort of maybe yeah, kind of late teens, or kind of early teens into late teens action movies yeah, maybe not exist. maybe for now in sort of way that would be a good gateway action movie. But I think as we discussed before, those there's no such thing as gateway. We're just like right, there you go, watch Predator yeah. now, watch Total Recall now. You're only five. It's okay. It's fine. I'm sure what this won't scar you for life or change your life in any sort of well, way. Yeah, this was because it's not. I mean, it's violent, and but like, like you say, it's definitely that next step is up because it's only missing a, it's only missing a Corey, and it's a tick list of like your eighties, eighties, nineties guys. If you had a Corey Fowler mm. or a Corey Helling Payne, you are, yeah. So yeah, and I mean, it's not like you said. I remember it being more action in it because really, mm. there's nothing, no action, big set like set pieces until. Mm. The last third, yeah, and it, it's nearly two hours long, which surprised me as well. Well, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I watching was surprised. It yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, I, it's definitely you, like I say, it, it could be a gateway one because it is. I can understand watching it again why I loved it when I was mm. like thirteen or twelve, thirteen, whenever it was, nineteen ninety one. So yeah, I would have been about yeah twelve, thirteen when I watched on VHS. So yeah, it's definitely you can understand why I loved it. Because mm, mm. it's it's sort of got that sort of diehardy way about it. It's mm. it's you know these kind of kids and they're kind of crawling through vents and they're kind of going through like kind of gadgetry. So it's, it's got sort of the things that 
sort of maybe kind of moved off from like what kids would be like from the Goonies and stuff. So it's like it's got sort of the gadgetry, the kind of remote control things. It's got this sort yeah. of daft sort of you know MacGuffin with a thing on his arm, and it's got it's got obviously got like one of the Goonies in it. Um, so it's very kind of a, it's, it it kind of appeals to that way. It sort of came at the time when you and I were just we'd watch the Goonies, we'd watch sort of those kind of like. Another sort of big film for me that's around about the sort of time is um, well they call it in America it looks cool kill but it's Teenagent here with Michael Greco. I don't know if you've ever oh, seen te- that movie. I do remember yeah. Teenagent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, <laughs> so it was that sort of that sort of way it was like it really appealed to that sort of gadgetry. Obviously, with the get James Bond sort of stuff as well. There's not a lot of that in it, but it's, there are certainly bits where you know the the kind of airplane sort of thing they have and sort of circular yeah, airplane as you see. He happens to be able to like be good with electronics. Yeah, is yeah. one who's good at electronics and that kind of thing. And like, who didn't want to like tap in, like tap into phones and stuff when you were like thirteen? Mm. Oh, that's amazing. So yeah, yeah it was that kind of thing. And <laughs> and they were right. They were doing pranks and doing stuff. It you kind of you want to be part of that gang, like you did. You wanted to be. Everyone wanted to be a goonie. Just the next step up. Not that you particularly wanted your school to be attacked by terrorists. That would be awful. Of course, yeah, yeah, that would be pretty, it, pretty bad. If I it was, <laughs> if it was, you'd want to be one of those guys. Do you know what I mean? Oh yes. So, yeah, I think it sort of appeals, appeals to me as well when I was younger because it's I was not the cool kid. I was not the reject. I was sort of very. I was sort of like Harry Potter when I was a kid. I was quite, quite sort of small and mousy and sort of like, you know, um, very quiet and shy. I'm still, I'm still quiet and shy these days, but just, I just hide it very well. But yeah, it's it's sort of like your sort of dream to be sort of rebellious and be sort of like, oh, fuck you, man, uh, which is quite quite like what Sean Aston is this movie, but um, which is quite weird because he's not really that guy in real life. He's very like kind of quite geeky himself. He's quite kind of like that sort of, Icky and sort of um, mm. kind of nerdy sort of nice guy. Yes, like, but, again, we're waiting the same as the same. Like he's not the kind. Well, waiting to look at me now. He's not the kind of guy who wear, wear earrings or a cross earring and like talk about jacking off. Classic, <laughs> classic. No, exact classic action heroes. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose then, yeah. That's like you say. I was probably appealing as well then because mm. I definitely wasn't one of the. Uh, cool guys i was you know when everyone else was off playing football i was going to the video shop to see if they had any posters for me that kind yeah, of thing yeah. so oh yeah 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 yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's same as me yeah yeah can i have a, can I have a video poster when you're finished with it yep yep you can of course you can yeah, son exactly yeah <laughs> you can have yeah, the hair I mean, raiser poster oh. to put in your room <laughs> yeah or coming back with a coming back with a standee well they didn't want oh, it yeah and i'm going where are you gonna put it <laughs> you never know it's, probably, it's probably still in the attic. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've not. But yeah, that was so that kind of thing of like, because they're all, like you say, being rebellious and doing pranks, like they taking all the furniture out of their headmaster's mm. office and putting mm-hmm. it in the yard, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. So, what is you kind of touched on some points quite quickly there? What, what do you, what do you make of Sean Aston as, well, waiting as, believable action stars in this movie now obviously they're not in the, the tier stallone they're not muscle-bound freaks no. <laughs> they're not you know gun-toting you know no. want to be commandos they're they are sort of more centered and obviously as younger you know kind of i don't know how old they're meant to be in this i think maybe like 13 14 maybe I maybe kind of like, 16 maybe some of that maybe 
Yeah, because they were, it's the, the issue they're not allowed to drink and things. It, yeah. And they're breaking the law. So I, I assume, yeah, they're 15, 15 ish, 14, 15. Yeah. I don't know, making their, their boozy mouthwash. But <laughs> um, yeah, so I would imagine they're about 15. So, probably at the time, I wouldn't have thought anything because, like you say, Goonies, now looking back, like watching with hindsight, you go, yeah, that's weird. They've cast Sean Astin and Will Wheaton as the the action stars of it, but mm. I quite liked it. This watching it again, it kind of works because it do get behind them, you know. Mm. And yeah, I, but it is again maybe that's why I gravitated to it so much because they're not your typical action stars. Now no. I would have known Lou Gossett Jr. from Iron Eagle. Mm. So oh yes, 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 that's yes. Kind of yeah. Wait, because you know once Lou Gossett Jr. is, and he's the head, <laughs> he's not the headmaster, is he? He's the... It's all the, it's all the dean, whatever. maybe the dean, something like that. Yeah. yeah it's sort of like a, I can hire I mean, up, but... You know he's not going to be in his shirt and tie the whole time doing nothing. It's only a matter of time yeah. before he decides to kick off. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he sort, of, he sort of, he does kind of jump in the action kind of later on in the, the film. You're like, yeah. you sort of, you're kind of waiting because you're such a kind of a... You're sort of used to like Iron Eagle and things like other you know, kind of films. I think it's, in the, it's a film called The Principal, maybe he's in with um, Tom Berenger, maybe. A kind of, and he's obviously in Firework with Chuck Norris as well. So he has kind of got that sort of that action credibility. Um, so you're going to want him to kick off quite early, but he's quite subdued and quite kind of nice and sort of he's kind of a kind of a badass sort of principal, I suppose, in a way. But yeah, yeah, you kind of write. Wait, when is he going to get the guns on? When is he going to get the gun strapped? And can they go for it? Like, can they start killing people? That's what you what you want. But I mean, he is yeah. sort of like he's he, he plays sort of that that sort of um, what is some teacher? He's kind of like sort of the kind of um, what's what I'm looking for? He sort of plays the kind of father figure to kind of Sean Aston, sort of trying to be like, I'm not going to expel yeah, you. I'm just going to do this, this, and that, and like, I'm going to sort of take pity on you in a way, but. He can see the potential in them. Yeah, yeah. You know, he knows they, they, they're good kids, really, even if they are being little shits. They are good kids, <laughs> that kind of thing. And, he, cause it, and like, like you say, you know, the, the usual thing, he's like, uh, you know, I, I've done all this stuff myself, so I can understand, you know, mm, right. Mm. he's come from the right side, wrong side of the tracks and done well. But I, got, I, but I did, uh, I'd forgot again, because it's, I don't know what he's what he's done since Lou Gossett Jr. But there was a, probably a time when he probably couldn't name many of them. But I remember what all the Iron Eagles I would have definitely watched mm, mm. and seen him in other things. I, when he, I was trying to think of any off the top of my head, the only ones I could think of is Iron Eagle. But I, I remember him being a presence amongst the VHSs used to watch, and he was there. He was also in a, also in a great film called Enemy Mine with Dennis Quaid. I don't know if you've ever oh, seen of that. But... He sort of obviously he's obviously heavy prosthetics yeah, the whole way yeah. through, and he's like he kind of gives birth and stuff. It's quite quite. It. But it's, that's a real that's a really fun movie. I, I strongly suggest anybody's yeah, never seen that movie is go and check out because it's it's not it's kind of a really good sci-fi movie. It's kind of like more. It sort of it sort of plays quite like a kind of like an offshoot kind of Star Trek episode. It's sort of there's sort of these two sort of like different sort of cultures that put together on this planet. Sort of have to survive against the rest of the, you know, this the planet you know, from different warring factions. Sort of have to be make friends. So it kind of plays in that sort of that sort of um, timescale, kind of old Star Trek, and when no films are coming out, 
and also sort of the kind of new Trek Next Generation. So it just kind of feels quite like that. It's a little, kind of like a sort of, sort of a bottle episode, as they would call it. Like they're just two sort of a human and an alien and kind of heat each other's guts. But by the end of it, then Squid is given birth. <laughs> it's like handling Louis Gossett Jr.'s babies. And so it's, it's very, very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a strange little film. I completely, I completely forgotten that was Lou Gossett Jr. But yeah, it's a. I remember watching it, but it's a strange film. But mm. it's a really good, like I say, an interesting film because it is mm. really different to what was about at the time. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you would you would expect them has these kind of like them to have these massive battles, but that part is very, is kind of done very quickly. There's like sort of a mm. sort of a fight and kind of dogfight in the in the space, and they both kind of crash land on this planet. So it's quite like. It sort of gets to that point quite quickly, and then it's like so, like it's very philosophical and very like about you know different cultures. So it's kind of dealing with sort of racism a little bit, and like those sort of themes of acceptance and sort of like come together and sort of unity. So <laughs> it's an interesting movie. I think I think it's definitely yeah. I'm definitely need to rewatch it because I do again. It's one of these movies that mum and dad let me watch when I was younger, and well, like, this is a movie you should watch. This movie really good. It's a kind of sci-fi movie, like Star Wars. Not in for like Star Wars, really, if anything at all. It's like the last Starfighter, it's like that. It's like, no, it's not really dead, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I definitely have to, cause I com- like I say, I completely forgot it was Lucas Hill, but I will revisit that. Yeah. Hmm. Good movie. It's really, really good. And uh, so, I mean, we talk about the, talk about the cast. Obviously, we've got Lou Gossett Jr., we've got Will Wheaton, we've got Sean Astin, we've got Lee R. R. Lee Emery, the guy from Full Metal Jacket, yeah. the most famous guy from that movie, apart from you know, Vincent Delphi, I suppose. Um, right. We've got Jerry Orbach from uh, Law and Order, the very famous Jerry Orbach from, or as I like to call him, Jerry Orbach from FX. Uh, playing that, play, again, playing a mobster, which I think is amazing. Yeah, He's got a really, really fun part in this movie. I think that he's got like, he sort of comes in sort of like mid through through it and he sort of like his um motivations like right, my kids are near, I'm just gonna whack these guys, call these guys in, I'm just gonna it's like that wasn't like I'm gonna get the yeah, army, just, I'm just gonna let the army deal with it, or the kind of the police deal with it. I'm just gonna be like call a bunch of guys, get some heavies in, and we'll just whack these guys. Kind <laughs> of good fella it, style. It, I think it's amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's an it's an odd little subplot, but I liked it because I'd completely forgotten all that. Watch yeah. it until I watch it again. I've completely forgotten all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's fun. I think I think, and I, 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 it's just, and obviously we get Denham Denham Elliot. We'll be talking about we're talking about Indiana Jones. Obviously, these he's kind of quite. It's a strange. I, 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 I completely forgot he was in this until I kind of watched it yesterday. And yeah, like Denham Elliot is kind of like very kind of classically trained actor. Obviously, in these kind of big tentpole action movies, you know the. the the biggest sort of uh, gateway action movies when it comes to this podcast, we've talked all constantly about the many guests about Indiana Jones and how much that's their sort of their their sort of um, gateway into and their sort of key into action movies and adventure movies and, and on the whole yeah. um, and Harrison Ford as well, well like obviously just as Star Wars as I suppose. I was completely unaware that this was written. Um, David Coop was involved as well as yes. co-writer. Which I I didn't have a clue, and he's written some, you know, he's written some bangers. So I do wonder if maybe because what had he written before this? Quite a Indiana Jones, maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. so. Yeah, so whether that was a draw for some of the people in it, because mm. he, he's obviously was a big screenwriter. Which, like I say, I didn't have a clue that he was involved. 
It's probably, probably the reason why that because this is often just coming off a little bit after maybe a couple of years after Last Crusade. Um, yeah. So probably that's probably ruled down Denim Mills. Like, right, I'm just get him in and we can have him as sort of as, as the sort of the the headmaster of this this kind of military school. So, and he's really good in it. I think actually he has yeah. sort of a really good presence in it. He's like not as it's a hammy sort of like action movie, but he doesn't seem to go into that sort of like. He doesn't really ham it up. He's quite quite reserved and quite astute and very sort of um, proud, a kind of proud Englishman as all way through this movie. And yeah. even when they're throwing bananas and he's like trash can or they've pulled all their stuff out and put it in the quad, all his, all his furniture in the quad, it's, he's sort of impressed by it, which is good. It's a funny little moment that with the, the, the <laughs> stuff in the, when they've pulled all the furniture out, because mm. he says, because it's him who says, "Try not to laugh." <laughs> and yeah, with all this stuff. But I did read today when I was reading through the trivia, the banana was a uh, improv from Sean Astor, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I did, I heard that's, more, that's quite yeah. fun. I think, I think, yeah. and I think everybody was quite surprised I actually did that. Um, we've actually even got a kind of a uh, bit of action movie, sort of not royalty, but certainly um, we've got Michael Champion, which is like, who's one of the main bad guys in Total Recall. So that was kind of a cool mm. thing. I, again, completely forgot that he was in this movie, but he's, he's he, I think he's kind of sort of typecast as sort of a, a, a kind of henchman. But he's, again, he's plays like a, a really good part in this movie. So that kind of leads me on to sort of the main bad guy. So we've got Andrew Diboff as the main guy, Lewis. Lewis. Um, he's kind of given his, what did you make of him in this movie? Is it sort of the big bad, big heel in this movie? He's sort of he's sort of exemplifying the Hans Gruber sort of of this sort of movie. Yeah, I, he gives good bad guy, doesn't he? Mm. You know, he was he was good. I mean, I I, I completely forgotten about him whipping Sean Astin. Oh yeah, yeah, fucking hell, that's, that's like, cool. I, oh, yeah, I was like, wait, I don't remember this at all. With the <laughs> Benjamin with the rest of whipping his back. Well, yeah, that's, that's the that's, thing, is it? Yeah. yeah but it's, yeah, it's I thought it was good. I, I, <laughs> I think it's one of the, I think everyone in it is good. Everyone is good in it. Mm. Is it watching against it as much as it is cheesy? It is like it's there's some real cheesy stuff in it. Mm. But everyone's giving it. So I'm surprised when I've mentioned it to people because obviously when I was going to watch it again, I've mentioned it to people like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch top. It's amazing how many people have never seen this film. Mm, mm-hmm, mm. I'm surprised it's not more well known. Yeah, I get a lot. Of, I get a lot. When I talk about it, I get a lot of, oh, you mean the one with the toys? I'm like, no, it's small first, soldiers. And they go, yeah, no, you mean the one with Tommy Jones? I'm like, no, 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 no. That's one that went weird. And they're like, what are you talking about? He was in that, the one with the toys and the Barbies. And they're like, no, 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 no. Toy soldiers. And they go, what? I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, not the, not the robot. <laughs> All things, the ones with the terrorists <laughs> in the school. Yes, nope. yes. All right. One with the wishmaster yeah. in it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm surprised how, considering it's like you say, it's got nerd royalty in it with Sean Astin, mm. Will Wheaton, mm. and then there's the action. There's that eras. There's action stars in it, and David Corbett is wrote it, and it, it just seems to have like disappeared into the ether, lost mm. amongst all the other stuff. But it's it's and it's really enjoyable. I really I had fun with it watching it again. Yeah, I think I think it, I think it's something that it does need to kind of talk be talked about. And obviously, we'll go into a little bit more about that 
until later on in the podcast. But um, so, what did you sort of make of the sort of the group, the kind of toys, the toy soldiers, so to speak, the rejects? Um, they're quite industrious, as we spoke about a little bit about the gadgets and stuff. Um, there's like a kind of big scene with them. Excuse me. Um, I that out, Petrus. Um, you burping, Larry. Uh, so, so we've got like them kind of. They've made hooch essentially. They've uh, a mouth, if sort of mouthwash. The whole point was like it's meant to be kind of pe- like one hundred percent vodka, then peach snap, uh, peppermint snaps. Um, it doesn't sound. I mean, even as somebody who doesn't drink, it doesn't sound in any way, shape, or form something I would have drink when I was drinking. But uh, it's absolutely horrible. They're phoning. This is the thing that like weird, really weird me, weirded me out. A couple of things in this this scene where they have with the hooch and the the calling of the the kind of sex line. Um, I don't know. Think I would. I don't think I, as horny as I was as a young teenager. I don't think I would want to do it in front of my friends or discuss okay. my my uh, bashing the bishop with my uh, my peers, yeah. I suppose. But they do with sort like of a plum, and they're, they're very very open yeah. about it, which is which is actually quite refreshing if you think about it. Yeah, they were like a fight club moment. The first rule of prep school is, you know, oh, what is it going to be? Don't yeah. whack off until your mates asleep. Like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, like that. Like, right. like, but they're very aware of it. They're aware that they do it. They're aware that they do it. Oh. They all do it. But it's kind of an unwritten rule of like, mm-hmm. we just don't, we don't talk about it until we're now we're talking about it. But we don't, we just like keep it under the wraps. That we all yeah. do it. It's very natural. So it's, ve- it's very, um, it's very kind of metrosexual of them to, to kind of discuss this and be very open about their sexuality and exactly. Uh, <laughs> very, 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 very nice open. for like an, for, for a 90s film. It's very, 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 very refreshing. Um, so and there's not there's for, sorry, but for, no, like, go ahead. Also for a 90s, it is, a, I mean, there is some problematic stuff in it, but for mm. in the grand scheme of some of the other. 90s action films and stuff. There's not, there's nothing in it that's particularly. I went, Oof, uh, which no, that happens really, quite yeah, a lot yeah. with when you rewatch things. I mean, there's one, one racially bit, but like, there's mm. not, there's mm. nothing that's particularly like, you know, because you do watch films now, rewatch films that, that I can't think off the top of my head, but I was like, it's brilliant. I can't wait to watch it again. And I'll watch it before I show the kids because the kids are going to love it. But I'll watch it first. And then you watch it and go, whoa, no, no, no. I am never mm. showing the kids that. What the fuck? But there's, I, nothing stands out as being particularly... No, no. There, I mean, there is a sort of a, an Italian sl- slur. But that's the sort of yeah, thing that... Oh, sort of, that's the sort of, like, air gets out the scene a little bit. And that's in it for me for that because hearing that now. But I, said, I think I'm so, so used to... Those that that sort of era of films just being like kind of carte blanche yeah. to see those things because it was, even was that, quite like even that slur in it. I mean, obviously, a slur is never good, but in no. the context of the film, it, it the whole point is like him saying, "I can call you that because you're my friend," and him going, "Yeah," and then he just says, yeah. "But can you not?" And he's like, oh, "Okay, oh, <laughs> I'll just call you an asshole." I just call you fuckface so, and that'll be fine. Like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, let's go, let's yeah. go, okay. Don't call me a slur, but, but call me fuckface, it's fine. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, but that's the only the, the only thing that stood out to me that was maybe a bit, oh, never mind, because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if, for, for a film, it's sort of at that time when you're just coming out of the 80s, 
you've sort you've got the sort of the Colombian bad guy, you've got sort of the the sort of minority bad guy, sort of that you've got the sort of um we've talked about in the pod- podcast support before about America's got this kind of they get to pick, you know, which country they want to have the as be the bad guy. You've got the kind of Palestinians. I think the film was meant originally meant to have Palestinian terrorists and it meant to be in a European right. school, I think when they originally wrote it. Um so they've got always have their kind of their their bad guy of the week, you know, whether it be Russia or the Chinese or you know the Japanese or you know with the same with the Rambo movies, obviously they're very big sort of picking, you know, who's gonna be next, the Iraqis and stuff like that. Um, you know, you're sort of like which was kind of prevalent on wrestling and you know, and everything at that time, but it doesn't seem to doesn't really doesn't really make them sort of uh but the joke, it doesn't really make them sort of into sort of don't doesn't really racialize them too much in terms of like there's no sort of them caught being called sort of slurs or anything like that. They're sort of treated with sort of respect and sort of fear the whole way through the movie, which I thought was quite good. Um yeah, so it was it, quite quite, it, quite good to have that kind of way, but not to be as yeah racially profiled, I suppose, in a way. There's a large, again, I've forgotten about it, but there's quite a big section in it where not a lot really happens. You're mm. just them doing their school day while the terrorists are in the, in the yard <laughs> and stuff. And even then, there's no... It, it, possibly with other films, that's when you could have had the the conversations about, the, like you say, the slurs and things would have been flown about. And that, but nothing really happens. These yeah. terrorists are just in there and go, right, it's going to do a head count and... If you're not all you, I'm going to shoot you. But go and have a do whatever you got to do. That's crazy. <laughs> they are crazy. I mean, they're fairly, they're fairly reasonable as far as as terrorists go. They're, yeah, yeah. They just expect you just one thing, one thing an hour. You come in and do this yeah. thing. If you don't do this thing, yeah. we're going to start shooting people. But apart from that, go out, play your play your yeah, planes. You can play your... soccer. You can do beat group book readings. You can like sit and chat and smoke and drink. Whatever you don't, it doesn't matter to us. But just make sure you come in here or we're going to kill you. But, you know, apart and from that, just go and have your fun. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And you still, whatever <laughs> happens, you've still got to go and do your chores, like your pots and pans. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. They don't, yeah. they don't, like, like nobody gets out no. of doing, like, they're sort of, it's sort of weird in that sort of way because Sean Aston's still doing disciplinary stuff. And even at the end, I think, yeah. having Blue Gods Jr. talk about Magan Bill Pots and Pans, no, not at all. Like, I, I would nearly <laughs> fucking died. Can you just be like, yeah, no, you think, I'll need to be like, I'll need to remember you're a fucking arsehole sometimes. Yeah, you'd think they'd let them off the pots and pans, considering this That's one this time, that's one time. Week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but nope. No, he's still got to do it. He's got to learn his lesson. Remember when you burst in through the window and I was had a gun in my neck and you shot that guy in the head? Yeah. Do you think I could, we could just maybe just move past the sort of the trauma of that, and I yeah. could just not be on pots and pans. No, no, no. <laughs> you're still in trouble. <laughs> sort still, of in the distance, still, sort of like. <laughs> yeah, you've still been a naughty boy. Still got to do your pots and pans, despite the Nothing. whipping you've had, literally. And in terms of a totem pole, when it comes to things that are bad, terrorist uprising and hostage situation are under you selling mouthwash, alcohol mouthwash, mouthwash. to people. You know, so, you know, think about it. Think about that next time that you want to, you're still as bad as them. You're worse than them in that sort of way. You've done something yeah. much more bad than, you know, them almost blowing up the school and killing everybody. And like the, your friend gets shot, which we'll talk about in a second. That there mm. is, there's not a lot of heartbreak in it. And I think that I don't remember, I completely forgot about this as well, that Will Wheaton does die quite spectacularly 
Um, he gets his sort of platoon moment. Uh, sort of, um, we talked about Jerry Orbach. Yes. There's a sort of kind of like a tit for tat, tit for tat lo- a little bit. And in the, in the, obviously, Jerry Orbach um, is Will Wheaton's father in this. He's obviously a mafia boss. He works with um, a, a DevOps father. They, they have kind of mafia ties. They're sort of the Colombians. Um, so when Will gets shot accidentally, which which DevOps is actually quite um yeah, it's quite sympathetic and he was like, No, it wasn't this wasn't my fault. He was more scared of you know, Jerry mm. Orbach than he is of, you know, being shot yeah. by these military people or like or 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 being blown up or he's more scared of, you know, the repercussions of messing with the mafia than is about, you know, going to jail or going, you know, like getting, you know, shot by or shot and killed in sort of in battle, I suppose. He's scared of being whacked, you know. That, he's scared, scared of, you yeah, know, fucking str- Polly Walnuts coming in and fucking... Yeah. Because that is say. a strange little moment after Will Wheaton's <laughs> been shot and Lou Gossett Jr. goes to essentially get the body. And mm. he's like, he's, just make sure you tell him it was an accident. He says it about 15 times. Like, don't forget. Just, uh, don't forget now. <laughs> We we are the bad guys, but please don't forget to tell. This <laughs> please pass on the message that I said. Yeah. That yeah. I'm really sorry. Yeah. I'm very very sorry. I know that we t- we took him yeah. hostage, but caveat, yeah. my bad. Get can I get shot? I'm really sorry. Your son gets shot. I should have taken him hostage. I, I did take him hostage. I did put him in a life threatening situation, but please do understand. This is complete my Clear my hands. I've got nothing to do with it. It was somebody else shot him. One of my guys. I've I've told him he's a bad bad man for doing that. And then if even Lou, even Lou Gossett, you know, tells turns him and goes like, "You're fucked now. Doesn't you, they will fucking kill you? You've got no chance now, mate. Even if you get out of this situation, even if you these yeah. we get overpower you, you're still going to be fucked. And it does kind of because you know inevitably, Jed Orbach kind of calls in. And one of his goons, or one of the guys he's connect, connected with, one of the maid guys, I suppose, in the, in the prison, shanks uh, Devolf's father and you know, throws him off a balcony. And that's him, kind of pan breed. The whole point of the movie is like, yeah. um, that's mm-hmm. it. He's got nothing really else to sort of to do it for other than just be like, right, well, my dad's dead now. I need to kind of follow through. I've got no choice but to blow the school up, I suppose, or keep these people hostage until yeah. touch times my demands are made. But very fun. It's quite re- that's, yeah, it's, that's quite refreshing about it as well, which I hadn't really thought about, is that the bad guy is the bad guy, but he's also, mm. there is consequences for him being the bad guy because he's, mm. like, he's bricking it now because he's shot, or Will, well, Will Wheaton got shot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's different. He's not your standard bad guy. Mm-hmm. It is a, yeah. Because even as even as a, he's a main over. yes, even as a main bad guy, there is someone higher above him that he's scared of, mm-hmm. which is quite interesting. Because yeah, even like you know, like Jerry Orbach obviously was quite kind of a bit of an older guy this time, maybe in his kind of late in his late forties, maybe fifties at this point, I think maybe. But he's even scared of him. It even shows like the power mm-hmm. of the power of the mafia. So there's a whole kind of presence over this film is the minute you find out that. He's like a like a, a mafioso, I spend like a crime boss, and you're sort of going like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, like, but this guy's like a fucking terrorist. But even that, they're still like, 
Yeah, but I'm I'm actually scared of him. Like I'm actually scared of what could happen. Like if, if that guy finds out, he's, but... he's, he seems proper scared of him as well. Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's sort of like genuine remorse. There's also genuine remorse from him. There's sort of humanistic about him because because he is quite like you said just yourself. He kind of does say, "Look, I'm I'm really sorry. This didn't that mean this to happen, but I still still I still want still want to carry on with the rest of my plan. That I know yeah, I've yeah. killed your, your yes. son's died, but yeah, well, just let just him know that pass. he has died, but I'm still going to carry on. So just yeah. let that let them pass know. The about mes- pass them pass <laughs> the message on. Just Please write it on your hand. Just make sure you pass it on. Yeah, and uh, and I don't think you are but really like appreciative. I think there's a sort of like a weird sort of like silhouette thing in the in the, in the hotel room. Is he gonna get up and he's like, right, just fucking kill him, just kill get him. Yeah, like, you you know what to do. Essentially, he's like, okay, cool. So it's I, I think this I think it's a really fun villain. I think, and I think that like we say, Will Wheaton kind of does die in sort of a kind of sort of platoon sort of way as he's. He kind of is kind of given the offer to kind of get out. Like this, you get to leave, and you know that yeah. your dad's this big thing that you know that he's told told me I need to get you out. So I've got going to give you carte blanche. You can leave your friends, and that's it. But sort of heroically, he's like, no, I want to see my friends, and he kind of grabs it, kind of gets, kicks the guy in the nuts and grabs the guy's gun, and that's sort of like red dawn kind of Gattaca sort of thing in the air, which yeah, yeah. waves and then about. Yeah. yeah, and like just be, why don't you just wave it and the Uzi as the bullets hit into people's faces? That would be a bit more, um, a yeah. bit more of a plan, maybe. But yeah, so it does kind of die, and it's kind of, it's kind of a sort of a big moment because you wouldn't you wouldn't expect that to happen because you're sort of you'd maybe expect one of the other guys, maybe like yogurt to die, or maybe sort of mm-hmm. um, the kind of like the Spanish speaking kids. Um, or you know the guy was getting asthma, but I mean it's like I think it's quite poignant for Will Wheaton to die because I think I suppose he was quite a big star at that time, so it was quite unheard of for him to die in such a kind of spectacular yeah. fashion. Yeah, and it, 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 it is quite. It's a it's a it's a moment now. It is mm, definitely fuck my fuck my dad and fuck you, and then he grabs <laughs> the gun and it's big. It's like holy shit, and yeah, but yeah, it is it's sad. I can't think of his name in the film, but Paul Will Wheaton. And Sean yeah. Astin is devastated. Yes, he's proper devastated. Yeah, yeah. That, I think oh. that's like, he has kind of like a kind of a, it's sort of, a, a, it does show me sort of quite, quite humanistic, in, I suppose, in a way, because he's, he is very big fan of his friend. He's, he's obviously like, they're very, very strong and they think they're going to get this together and they don't. And it's sort of a, sort of a casualty of war. But, you know, we do get sort of that kind of big sort of, this does sort of escalate things quite kind of, kind of quite massively yeah. by the end. We've got like an army coming in. We've got Lucas Jr. finally going, right, fuck this. Because he kind of says to them, you know, I'll, I'll come in with you, I'll show you about. And they're like, nah, it's fine. But he ends up being sort of like the hero almost yeah. of it. And obviously like, you've got Sean Ass and all that kind of heroes as well, but he just does sort of save the day. Where kind of like Sean Ass gets kind of kidnapped and kind of gun his head, he sort of becomes... Less a teacher and more sort of the like fucking headmaster. Yeah. Like, right, I'm gonna come in here and like guns are blaze, <laughs> blazing guns. Yeah, he gets in. Which I think is yeah, what we wanted from. There. Yeah, we wanted that Luke Gossett moment and they're gonna got it, which I think was kind of cool. Um, so we're gonna go on to our segments of this week and this episode, as we always do. We're gonna talk about the big five 
Big Five or the Big Five you know, actually starts with the 80s and 90s and we're going to like to check in them and see where they are in their, their careers at that time. So Arnold, we obviously have the amazing, the epic Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Obviously, me and you, big fans, obviously right behind me, I've got the Terminator 2 poster um, financed by Silvio Berlusconi. Uh, quite funny. When he was back and doing, doing his movie productions, which is very fun. Uh, Stallone, no action films this year, but he made the film Oscar, which oh. is sort of his attempt to comprehend. Yeah, that's what I said. I've literally written, you said, just said, oh, and I went, I've written down, oh dear. Uh, oh, it's not, a, no, it's not a, not a great movie. Um, no. Stallone and comedy, they, they don't mix well. I, I would, I mean, you obviously, you've seen Stop My Mom Will Shoot. Yeah. I've seen it in the, I, I seen it in the cinema, like when I was, because I was a big, oh. I I would admit right now mm. I I was, um, and always will be, and a massive Golden Girls fan. So you got Stallone, you got Stelgetti. I'm fucking in there, mate. I'm I'm in there. I'm like, right here we go, Dad. Tickets right now. Stay yeah. Stallone. Fucking, <laughs> throw, fucking, math from fucking the Golden Girls. Let's get in there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's it's disappointing in both both sets. It's neither. Yeah. I don't know. I think I would need to. I think maybe we'd need to watch rewatch that for this podcast because maybe if I talk about really, really bad movies and bad sort of steps in the careers action movies, I'll maybe talk about that because it's very. I don't. I I would need to watch Oscar again as well because I don't know which one is worse. Well, it might be. It might re-watch. be Oscar. I had to rewatch Stop and Almost Shoot for another with uh, Russell. Mm-hmm. Or just for kids podcast, and mm-hmm. I can confirm it is dog shit. It is <laughs> terrible. It's so bad. Like you know, I don't. I can watch rubbish. I don't mind. I'm fine mm. with it. Oh yes, yeah, whatever. I've never been so angry that I spent two pound forty nine on something in my life. It's <laughs> awful. It's, it's so bad. Yeah, I, don't I, think I, I, don't... I was perfectly willing to give it that. I thought it can't be. It'll be f- no. It's. Mm. I can't think it'd yeah. be. I, I mean, I, I, it's been a, a long time since I've watched it, and I think there's probably a good reason for that. I, it's been actually, it actually been a short time since I've seen Oscar than it has been since Tom and Momo shoot. Mm. And Oscar is like sort of like it's, if, if people have not seen it before, and because we're dragging it to, to shreds here, is it? He's sort of like a mafia, mafia boss in sort of 20s and 30s, I think, is it? It's meant to be set then. Mm. And he's sort of like... Yeah. It's really like... It's sort of like... Have you ever seen a film called Johnny Dangerously with Michael Keaton? It's sort of that sort of thing where it's like sort of a comedy mafia film, but it's like really not funny or... And like Stallone just looks like really out of place because he's like massive. And he's kind of... He's most like rippling mm. at that point. So it's a, it's a strange one. Uh, so we'll go on to Jean-Claude Van Damme. He brought out the amazing Double Impact. Uh, so he's obviously his twin movie where he's playing both roles. Mm-hmm. Again, a fucking amazing film. I love it so much. This year was really, really good for films. In fact, we've got Seagal, we've got Out for Justice, which I cannot wait to talk about in this podcast at some point. So that'll be coming soon. Um, uh, again, an iconic movie. One of, the, one of Seagal's best, if not the best Seagal movie. And we had in Jackie Chan, we had Armor of God to Operation Condor, which I, I, I which I admit I actually haven't ever seen. I've only seen Armor of God, and I've got I've got Armor of God to on VHS somewhere, so I need to take that out. So 
again, another one I'll pick up on the podcast in the future. But yeah, that was the big five. So we're going to go on to take a wander into the trivia zone. Trivia. So we talked a little bit earlier, it's obviously based on a book by William P. Kennedy. It's also called Toy Soldiers. Um, but briefly, as we discussed earlier in the podcast, it's written about a European school, you know, by or by Palestinian terrorists. Um, but obviously, it was swapped, obviously, to be kind of catered to the American market. Um, that military school, I think, is now was was an old boys military school, but it's now kind of um, old, old boys and girls now, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yogurt um, was played by Sean Phelan. He's apparently called Yogurt. I found out on the IMDb because one day he was sitting in a minivan with the rest of the cast eating a yogurt as you do on your way to set and the thing went up on a speed bump he completely drenched in yogurt and yogurt was his name on on set and in mm. the film funnily enough he was going to be played by Corey Feldman originally he did audition for yeah. it but he didn't get it which is, which you as we said earlier on that it does miss a fel- it miss, is missing a Feldman either him mm. or, fel- or or not or Corey I should say sorry not a Feldman it is, yeah. is missing a Feldman definitely but definitely missing a Corey you needed a Another sort of 80s, sort of brat packy, you know, that sort of younger one in. But you could almost got... see, yeah, Heyman Feldman swap it. You could see um, Feldman swapping out Sean Astin. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, I, I can see those in it. Maybe, like, yeah. I don't know what they were doing at the time, but it's got that, the Corey vibe. I think maybe, I think Corey may have, might have been in the burbs around this sort of time. So he was sort of maybe, yeah. maybe sort of that age where he could have played that sort of because he sort of plays a sort was, of cool teenager in that film. So hmm. he could have been sort when of was Lost That was oh shit! I'm gonna have to Google yeah, this. Yeah, so, 1980. Those were the, they were the two cool teenagers at the time. Like I remember being in like License to Drive and um, Lost Boys and. Oh yeah, and 1987, 1987 was was so. Okay, so maybe a wrong, bit but... older, maybe really that mm. maybe sort of would have maybe maybe like maybe sort of. I mean, she still could have pulled it off, and sort of still Korean could have pulled it off really well. But you say you listen to Drive at that point, you had oh, what's that? Another movie's kind of made made as well, like really, really they bad. They seem like the, the, they yeah, they seem like the go to cool teenagers. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. The time. I don't think Sean Astin and Will Wheaton were really the cool teenagers at that time. No. Because you've got like, what, a guy from the Goonies who was maybe in... Like, this is actually the second... I was just about to say, this is the second Sean Astin film I've talked about in a month that, that he, he probably wants to sort not forget, but certainly they don't talk about it enough. This is obviously in the Willies, which I talked about, with Sledgehammer Horror, which is that kind of anthology movie, which is really, really bad. But he's like sort of like the main sort of main guy in that for talking through the whole right. film, basically. But... Um, yeah, that could have it could have done with I felt could have done with one of the Corys and or or maybe who else would have been quite good in this? I wonder. Mm, I'm not sure, but it's, it, it definitely would have would have been quite quite a good, a good get. But say Levy, we we got who we got. So, and I mean, I don't really see him playing sort of order fourth or fifth or sixth fiddle to Sean Aston. I think that's. But it would have been a, would have been a cool kind of Goonies reunion thing. Would have been mm. been a pretty cool to have seen. You know. Um, them back again together, uh, but there we go. We didn't get that, but unfortunately, um, Andrew Devolf actually said this is probably one of his favorite roles. Now, obviously, this is coming off like the Wishmaster, which is like the, the movie that I know him from. 
or this in another mm-hmm. thought, yeah, he, was, he plays a bad guy in that as well, but he's sort of like, Wishmaster is kind of, when you think of Andrew Divov, that's him, because he just yeah, yeah. And it embodies that, that role so much, and it's it's so iconic, the kind of the mannerisms and the character and the voice, it's just so like, it's so him, basically, so it's quite funny. Um, but yeah, that's, so that is so, Toy Soldiers, so kind of going to wrap us up a little bit. So, well, would you recommend recommend Toy Soldiers to the creeps in the audience? For me, I think it's a fun time. It's, like we say, it's a little bit baggy, maybe, and it's definitely cheesy. But I think mm. it's it's fun, it, and yeah, everyone's bringing it. It's, it's a <laughs> it's a beer and pizza film, isn't it? Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Few it's beers sort of and a d- pizza, whack on Toy yeah. Soldiers. And as I say, get it, get it, get it on, on what quite cheap and Blu-ray. One, uh, one of one films right now. Put I put out a Blu-ray thing. It's, it looks really, really good. Um, clearly cleaned it up. I've got it in VHS somewhere in my horrible fucking junk closet where I keep all my fucking yeah. VHSs stacked up because uh, I've got no space for them in this tiny room. Um, but it's it, again, it's like one of these films that I have a kind of a good fondness for when I was younger, and I think that is sort of not talked about and should be, but. Is it the most action-packed movie? No, but it does have a lot of fun elements. It's got some really good performances. It's got a good bad guy. It's got Lou Gossett Jr. in it. I feel like the Goonies, like those sort of like techie sort of like, or cool. Yeah. Yeah, the, the guys getting to be a bit cool for a movie. Um, See, but, I, was, I, I think I, you could do, I, do worse than this movie, I think. Yeah, and I do think like my my boy's too young now. He's he's six, but I I can imagine it be like as you say, like a gateway action film. Still, mm-hmm. he get a he you would get a kick out of it if you were like I don't know. Oh, I don't even know where it's rated. Probably fifteen, but mm-hmm. if you were twelve, thirteen, I reckon you'd still have a lot of fun with Toy Soldiers because it is it's jo- there's there's jokes, there's stuff, and it, it's not. Super violent. There's no. Oh, by you saying that, that the whipping is quite nasty, and that mm. final headshot is a is quite graphic. It's really, was, yeah, it's very, very graphic. Yeah, uh, when the gore comes in and like their guys are kind of getting shot in by the choppers and stuff like that, mm. it does get very like even Michael Champion, he dies like he gets brutally sh- like shot to pieces. I yeah. like proper RoboCop style. Um, yeah, I was, I was really, it was surprised. It's itself a little bit. It, it's quite conservative until like it's all the end scenes where it just goes right. They've just decided on that day. This is a big scene. We're just gonna get all the squibs. Everybody's gonna have oh, a squib. Goes, <laughs> like, everybody's gonna squib have heavy. Yeah, it's squib yeah. heavy at that so point. <laughs> yeah, it's proper commando squibs when people are just the, the floors exploding and they're just yeah, flying yeah. up in the air, that kind of thing. But that's not. It's almost cut. You can still get away with this fine, but like, yeah, I yeah, think as yeah. a as a gateway, yeah, it's fun. I think I think if I think if you're looking for a mature mature version of Home Alone, but not a, a kind of more childish version of Die Hard, I think you'd really yeah. be hard pressed to find anything better than this. Um. So I think I think definitely I agree with you. It's, it's a film that you should watch. I, mean, I don't think that any of these films that, that I'm going to be talking about this podcast ever will be like, no, I don't actually watch it. It's pretty shit. Uh, but <laughs> I'm sure they will be at one point. But yeah, you should watch Toy Soldiers again. I see one one films. Go and check it out. Um, so where can the Keeps find you, Will? If, do you have anything to plug? I'll give you a chance. I'll give I you a soapbox. <laughs> yeah, I'm just on, just on 
Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it these days, while it's st- while it's still around. <laughs> For now, guys, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah <laughs> at Will Chich, and I'm on um, Instagram at Bill Chich, and whatever whatever else is there now, Blue Sky, um, mm. whatever we're doing now, I'm, I am there at Will Chich. But yeah, I'm not just that's where I basically plug anything I'm doing at the minute. That's cool. Awesome. Well, thank you much for coming on, Will. It's been awesome to speak to you, and we'll hopefully we'll see you down the road again. Yeah, cheers, man. It's been great. Awesome. Take care. Bye-bye. So that was my chat with the wonderful Will Chich about toy soldiers. Thanks again to Will for coming on the show and allowing me to revisit a childhood favourite of mine. I love that movie. Thanks as usual to Petrus for producing the show. You can find the show on Instagram and Twitter at Your MC Podcast. You can email the show at yourmovecreeppodcast at gmail.com. Remember to like and subscribe. Give the show a raving review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell your mum, your dad, your friends, your dog. Let them know all about the show. Um, Helps me and get ears on to the podcast. You can also catch me, Larry, on Twitch, Thursdays and Saturdays, where we play some games mostly movie-related games and watch a little bit of movies. I've been watching short films of Brian Larkin, the Dead End trilogy, over the last few weeks, and we've just ended it last Saturday with part three. Uh, we're going to start watching some Hong Kong movies and some dodgy action movies, so join us for that on a Saturday night. Uh, you can find my Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash yourmovelarry. we have lots of fun there, so come and join the gang. So it's a goodbye from me, and we'll see you on the next one, Creeps. Take care.